Saint Peter Julian Amat. And the right here is a beautiful illustration of Saint Peter Julian Amat, done by City on the Hill Designs. Amanda Lee, who runs this ministry, City on the Hill Designs, designed this wonderful illustration. And thank you so much, Amanda, uh, for designing this. You're going to be watching this sooner or later. So thank you very much. And um, so I'm Paul Samuel Janos. I'm from the Seeds Ministry, and I also run the Midweek with the Saints podcast. Now, okay, okay. Next. Uh, just to check, y'all are seeing my slides, right? Anyone who's on the Zoom call, if you can uh, give me a thumbs up. All right, awesome. Okay, so who is this Saint Peter Julian Amat? I think I would summarize it by saying this. He is a man whose heart was set on the Eucharist. A man whose heart was set on the Eucharist. Now we've heard of King David being known as the man who was after God's own heart. I think St. Peter Julian Amar also is after the heart of Jesus. So he is a man whose heart was set on the Eucharist and the Eucharistic heart of Jesus to be precise. And he was born in the year 1811. He was ordained in, as a priest in 1834, so do the math. He was a priest by the age of 23. He joined the Marist Order, which is a priest dedicated to, of course, Our Lady in 1839. He formed his own congregation, you know, because belonging to a congregation is just too mainstream. He had to form his own congregation in 1856, um, which is called the Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament. He eventually died in 1868 was beatified not that long after, in 1925, and canonized in 1962. And interestingly, he was canonized on the second day of Vatican II. Uh, that says a lot about the role of this saint in the life of the church today. Now, St. Peter Julian Amart, you know, uh, his love for the Eucharist can be traced back to when he was merely five years old. You know, uh, it was interesting indeed because when he was five, he suddenly went missing. He disappeared for a while. He went missing and his sister and his half-sister went searching for him high and low, looking where on earth did our little brother get, go, get missing. And ultimately, they found him in the local parish. And where in the local parish did they find him? Right at the altar. And when they asked him, where have you been? He simply calmly replied, I have been here listening to Jesus. He was at the altar of his hometown parish just listening to Jesus. How awesome is that at the age of five? So, Vretz, his road to priesthood after that, you know, between the age of five to 23, when he ultimately became a priest, it was pretty tough. He went through a lot of um, crosses, a lot of sufferings, a lot of ups and downs, one of which includes that, the fact that the culture he lived in was very anti-clerical in the sense that parents basically did not want their children to become priests. And they, it would basically be a sense of disappointment if their son became a priest. And of course, his own father was a bit upset that he wanted to become a priest because of the reason that most of his sons had already died. Actually, all of his sons, with exception to Peter Julian, had already died. So he did not want his only remaining son to become to become a priest, but instead he wanted him to get married and probably continue the Amat name, if you know what I mean. 
And also, he fell sick on his first attempt to join the seminary. He had to leave eventually because he fell sick. So his road to priesthood was tough, and uh, a lot of crosses, etc. And but ultimately, the grace of God, you know, you can't run away from your true calling and vocation if your heart is really set on the Lord. And um, the interesting thing is, he ultimately became a priest. On, in the year 1834 in the Diocese of Grenoble. I hope I pronounced that right. And as a diocesan priest, he developed this great devotion to Mother Mary and also St. Joseph, which we will speak about later. And because of his devotion to Mother Mary, he eventually decided to join a religious congregation, which is called the Marist Order, as I mentioned earlier. And ultimately, he founded his own order, the Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament. The Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament. So, this is basically a story of how St. Peter Julian Amat discovered his calling and vocation. You know, this ties in and inspires us to ask ourselves and to ask the Lord, what is my calling and vocation? First, he started off with a love for the Eucharist when he was five years old. He went on to become a priest. But even when he was a priest, he discerned joining a religious order, the Marist, and he ultimately joined it. And still, there was this burning desire, you know, coming back, tracing back to when he was five years old, his love for Jesus in the Eucharist. That calling was so strong that he could not merely remain a diocesan priest or a priest dedicated to any religious order, but he had to form a new order, a congregation of the Blessed Sacrament. A congregation of the Blessed Sacrament. So, friends, what is your calling and what is your vocation? Let us ask St. Peter Julian Amar to intercede for us and to help us in this journey of finding out. Okay, so St. Peter Julian Amar is basically an apostle of the Eucharist. First, before we continue with this, I would like to just ask all of you who are in Zoom right now to just drop in the chat. I've asked this question before in the first session of this Mufiud collaboration. Do you believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist? Do you believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist? So just quickly drop in the comment section uh, what your thoughts are. Do you believe in the real presence of Christ? Yes, maybe, uh, no. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's great. It, it, the answer can be maybe or it can be no, somewhat. Okay, praise God. The people who are on Zoom right now definitely believe in the presence of Christ. Not believe me and I say it's the presence of Christ, but believe the wisdom of the church and believe in their hearts that it is the presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Alright, let's continue sharing. It was a bit hard for me to check the chat while I was sharing. Okie dokie. Now back to this. Thank you for sharing, guys. And I hope those of you in the Facebook comment section as well, you all definitely believe that this is the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Now, uh, when he was canonized, the Pope that canonized him gave him this title, a very, very honorable title indeed, Apostle of the Eucharist. And I'd like to share with you all what this means, you know, how, how, how much of weight is in this matter that he was given the title Apostle of the Eucharist. You know, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the Shishishi says in, Paragraph 1324. It would have been perfect if it was 1234, right? You can remember it easier. It's okay. 1324. 1234 is something else. In 1324, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says this 
The Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. The other sacraments and indeed all ecclesiastical ministries and works of the apostolate are bound up with the Eucharist and are oriented towards it. For in the blessed Eucharist is contained, and follow me here, the whole spiritual good of the church, namely Christ himself, our Paschal mystery. Sorry, I think I didn't finish typing that when I did the slides. It's okay. But the point here is this rests on the zero in the source and summit of the Christian life. Everything else points to the Eucharist. We come from the Eucharist and we go back to the Eucharist. Friends, I, let, let's look at it this way. In every form of prayer, we receive grace from the Lord. We receive natural grace in any form of prayer, like the rosary, the chaplet, praise and worship like we had at the start of this call. Whatever your spirituality, whatever your favorite mode of prayer, you receive natural grace in your devotionals. In the sacraments, on the other hand, sacrament of confession, the sacrament of confirmation, etc. The other six sacraments apart from the sacrament of the Eucharist, we receive supernatural grace. So in prayer, we receive natural grace. In the sacraments, we receive supernatural grace. And in the sacrament of sacraments, the source and summit of Christian life, where we begin and where we end, we receive the giver of all graces, natural and supernatural. That is what sets the Eucharist apart. In other forms of prayer and sacraments, we receive grace and supernatural grace, natural and supernatural grace. But in the Eucharist, we receive the giver of grace. We receive Jesus Christ. The giver of all gifts, charisms, graces, virtues, and the perfecter of all of this. As said Peter Julian Amart, as the apostle of the Eucharist, he said this interestingly. Look upon the hour of adoration assigned to you as an hour in paradise. So friends, when we look at the hour of adoration, basically St. Peter Julian Amart is saying, Look at it as an hour in heaven. Go to your adoration as one would go to heaven, to the divine banquet. You will then long for that hour and hail it with joy. Take delight in forcing a longing for it in your heart. So when you're going for adoration, Eucharistic adoration, whether it's in a physical setting or now because of the pandemic, it is in an online setting. Look forward to that hour of adoration as going to heaven. You will then long for that hour and hail it with joy. Take delight in fostering a longing for it in your heart. Tell yourself, calm down basically, St. Peter is saying, in four hours, in two hours, in one hour, our Lord will give me an audience of grace and love. St. Peter would do a countdown to the time he's going to have a wonderful face-to-face, heart-to-heart conversation in heaven with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. He has invited me. He is waiting for me. He is longing for me. Friends, Jesus is inviting. During the life of St. Peter Julian, Jesus invited Peter Julian Amart to the Eucharistic adoration. Today, he's not only inviting me, but he's also inviting you to come to this time of grace, to these moments of grace, however long he's spending it, whether it's a holy hour, holy half an hour, holy quarter hour, in that time, you are in the presence of God on heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. 
the Apostle of the Eucharist. Friends, I would like to walk you through a step-by-step -step guide for adoration today. So, St. Peter Julian Amart in his um, writing called The Real Presence, he gives us a step-by-step -step guide for adoration and it starts with this. There are four steps basically and it starts with this. Number one, adoration. We go in the adoration chapel, we sit before the Lord or we kneel or we prostrate or we even stand. Whatever posture that is comfortable for us, uh, when if you if you can stand or you can prostrate or kneel. When I was bedridden, of course, I just laid there. I just laid on my bed and spent time in adoration when my parents brought me in. But adoration is basically this. You sit before the Lord and you just gaze at the Lord Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. Yes, friends, we cannot physically see Jesus there, but He is there physically present. The real presence of Christ is there. And friends, when we look at Jesus and He looks at us, we are changed from the inside out. We are transformed from the inside out. You know, Jesus consumes us from the inside out. You know, when two people are so in love, you know, they can just sit and look at each other face to face for however long because they're just so in love with each other. And there is no need for words. There are no words necessary in adoration. This is how we should start adoration. Where we appreciate Jesus for who he is. You know, like uh, Jonathan de Oliveros led in worship earlier, the song, You are my strength when I am, uh, you are my all in all. And the lyric says, you are my strength when I am weak. You are my all in all. You know, Jesus is our all in all. And we just appreciate and adore Jesus for who he is. The beauty of the Lord the lover of our soul. And as our worship leader said earlier, the one who loves us the most. Jesus loves each one of us the most. And we sit there in adoration. The first step is to just be in awe of his love for me. It basically is this. Adoration is basically this. Me being in awe of God's love for me and allowing God to fill my heart with his love once again. And in response to that, I pour my love on the Lord. I tell Jesus, I love you. It is an exchange of persons here where Jesus says, I am yours and you are mine. And you in turn say, I am yours and you are mine. And you say to the Lord, unto the Lord, I love you, my Lord. You are mine. You are my all in all. Friends, after adoration, St. Peter Julian Amat says, we spend some time in thanksgiving, just thanking God for everything that he has done. You know, uh, thanking God for his grace and his mercy. You know, God's grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. And God's mercy is God withholding what we deserve. We experience God's grace and mercy daily, whether or not we realize it. But going to adoration, let us be conscious in seeing the areas of our life where God has shown us His grace. He has given us what we do not deserve. Where God has shown us His mercy, He has withheld what we truly deserve. Just thank God with our entire beings. We thank you, Jesus, for your intervention in my life today, for this small blessing, for this huge blessing, for this divine breakthrough, financial breakthrough, healing in my family, healing in my friends, for the stranger that I came across today in whom I saw your face, Jesus. Secondly, we spend time in thanksgiving. And now, thirdly, reparation. So what is reparation? Reparation is basically repairing. Reparation is taken from the word repair. And we want to make reparation for sins. Whose sins? Our own sin, my own sin, the sin of our family, the sin of our community, our parish, our BCs, the sin of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are not even Christian. 
or Catholic, we want to make reparation for their sins in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. And friends, lastly, the fourth step is petitions, where we ask God what we want, for what we want or what we need. And we bring to the Lord our petitions and our prayers. Lord, I seek for wisdom in this area. I seek for guidance in this area. Lord, I seek for healing for my left big toe. I seek for healing. Nothing is small in the sight of the Lord. You can ask Him for what seems trivial, but the Lord will take it and He will see to it. Just ask the Lord for whatever it is you want. And the Bible says, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. So friends, St. Peter Julian Amat says, You start with adoration, you end with petition. And in between, you have thanksgiving and reparation. My friends, how many of us, if we do a reality check right now, how many of us realize that oftentimes we go into the Blessed Sacrament Chapel or even in any setting of prayer, we rush through the whole process. In fact, we skip one, two, and three, and we go straight to number four. We just want what we want from the Lord. We go to number four immediately. It is as though God is an ATM machine. We key in the our six-digit pin and we want the money to come out magically. You know, we just want what we want from the Lord. And we come to the Lord, Lord bless me for my exam. Lord bless me in my finances. Lord help me get through this job interview. And we do not go into the depths of prayer as St. Peter Julian Amart has laid out here. He has put it so clearly here, the depths of prayer found in adoration, particularly in the presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. It starts with adoration, it proceeds to thanksgiving, and then reparation and petition. Friends, uh, all of us have been in situations where we feel like other people are just making use of us. You know, they don't want to spend time with us, but when they need something or they want something, they come to us. And when they come, we really know that they actually want something from us. There's an ulterior motive here. You know, for example, we haven't heard from a friend for far too long. And the friend suddenly contacts us and we are already thinking at the back of our head, has this friend started to do insurance? Is he selling insurance? That's why he's calling me. You know, he's coming to petition to be signed up for my insurance plan. That's just an example. We know a lot of people who come to us only when they need something or want something. And that is a very immature relationship. That is a very surfacey relationship. But if we want to go beyond the surface, we need to spend time with the person whom we are in a relationship with, in a friendship with, in any kind of relationship, whatever the nature of relationship, there has to be time spent. And that is what St. Peter Julian Amart and the wisdom of the church lines out in this adoration step-by-step -step guide. We start with adoration. We sit with the Lord. We speak to the Lord. We listen to the Lord. We give thanks to the Lord. We make reparation for sins and we petition for our needs. And lastly, friend, I've added this one plus point at the far right here, as you can see, gradually and consistently increase the time you spend in adoration so you know i'm uh my brothers and i in my ministry most of, of whom are already on this call thank you guys so much for joining um we started doing this challenge where we spend at least an hour in adoration every single day and we started this on january 4th it's a 90-day challenge which ends on easter sunday you know, we started off with things like holy 10 minutes, holy 15 minutes. And over time, I'm confident by the end of this Lenten season, by Easter Sunday, we will be spending consistently holy hours before the Lord. So friends, just start where you can. 
if you can go to a physical adoration chapel, St. Peter Julian Amart would say, I'm putting words in his mouth right now, but I'm confident this is what he would say. He would just spend five minutes for today. For the first week, spend five minutes. For the following week, spend 10 minutes. For the following, for the subsequent week, spend three, uh, 30 minutes. And just keep multiplying the time you're spending in adoration. First, um, I want to share this many right now. And you know what? Let me save it for in a while. Okie dokie. So, all of us know of these facts, or if you don't know, well, I'm telling you this fact right now, a psychological finding that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Uh, if you've heard of this, I think this would definitely ring a bell right now. Um, if you, sorry, excuse me. If you listen to Father Mike Smith, he has mentioned this in one of his videos. But this is a finding in a circular study, psychology. In a circular field, I mean psychology, and they say that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. You know, you are the average of the five people you make spend the most time with. So I'd like to propose something to all of you today, friends. You know, let us spend time with people, saints, angels who is holy, and God who is holy, holy, holy. So I've laid out here five groups of people that we want to consider spending time with first is god number one is god the holy trinity god the father the son and the holy spirit you know friends we are called to be holy and set apart we are called to be in the world and not of the world we are called to be catalysts for change in our society we're called to lead people back to Christ. We're called to inspire people and to save with Christ Jesus. And we can only do this if the people that we mix with the most, the five people we mix with the most, are holy and set apart as well. So, of course, we come to the source of all holiness, God, the Holy Trinity. Secondly, Mary and Joseph. You know, Mary and Joseph, they hold a special place among all the saints. To Mary, we give hyperdulia, the highest reverence. To Joseph, we give proto-dulia, the first reverence. Thirdly, the heavenly saints, whom we give dulia. Dulia is the Greek word for reverence. We give the saints reverence and veneration. We look up to them. Like we are looking up to St. Peter Julian Amart. We are looking up to St. Catherine of Siena, St. Padre Pio. All of any of your favorite saints, name it, St. Augustine, St. Francis Xavier. We are looking to them as heavenly saints, heavenly friends. Fourthly, your guardian angel. Each of us has a guardian angel. But of course, the host of angels. The angels assigned to our families, our parishes, the archangels. This is a fourth group. And the fifth group, the earthly saints, pious souls who walk on the face of this earth. Find a holy community to belong to so that you can, again, become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So let's look at it this way, friends. Let's change the trajectory. The f you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Let us include the people who are in the spiritual realms, so to speak, for the lack of a better way to put it. Let's spend time with God, Mary and Joseph, heavenly saints, angels and pious souls. And do you know there is one place where we can do this simultaneously, and that is in the adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Okay. Friends. We just okie dokie. Okay. Oopsie daisy. Okay. And here we have a quote at the bottom. Unite your adoration to that of the pious souls on earth. 
this is what Saint Peter Julian Amat said. Number one, unite your adoration to that of the pious souls on earth. Number five, which I've listed, of the angels and saints in heaven. Number four and number three, respectively, but especially to that of Mary and Joseph, when as the only possessors of the hidden God, they were his entire court and household. When it was the holy family, Mary, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, they were the only possessors of the hidden God. They were his entire court and household. I'm 100% sure, and St. Peter Julian Amat is with me on this, that if you want to learn how to adore Jesus perfectly, we need to learn it from Mary and Joseph. We need to learn it from Mary and Joseph. Because they spent years upon years, decades upon decades, adoring the holy face of Jesus in that household, in that entire court. And number one, of course, is God. So St. Peter Julian Amat points us to this five groups of people and I friends I'm convinced that if we really spend time in adoration consciously coming to the presence of not only Christ but the Father and the Spirit as well Mary and Joseph the saints in heaven our guardian angels and the host of angels and even to bring a friend along as the pious souls in these lists okay so friends, as you, I probably already gave it away earlier. I'm sorry for the spoiler. But uh, why don't you just guess who is uh, Abad's favorite saint? It is Saint Joseph. Of course, it is Saint Joseph. Now, Saint Joseph. Saint Peter Julian Amat said this. I'm going to share with you all these two quotes. Devotion to Saint Joseph is one of the choicest graces that God can give to a soul. For it is tantamount, oh, huge word, to revealing the entire treasury of our Lord's graces. When God wishes to raise a soul to greater heights, He unites it to Saint Joseph by giving it a strong love for the good saint. Friends, just look at the last line once again. When God wishes to raise a soul to greater heights, He unites it to Saint Joseph by giving it a strong love for the good saint. Friends, if you want to rise to holiness, rise to great levels of sanctity, and you and I were made for greatness, you and I were made not for mediocrity, but for greatness, you and I are called to greatness, to be heroic saints. If you really want to do that, we would want to unite ourselves to St. Joseph. And God would do that. God would desire that as well. And it would be nice if we tap into the desire of God. Because He knows what is best for us. And St. Joseph can truly help us not only give God glory or great glory, but the greatest glory possible. And Peter Julian Amat PJE says, Mary and Joseph were the first adorers of the word incarnate. St. Peter Julian Amat has this book which he wrote, The Month of St. Joseph, and the title goes on to say, The First and Most Perfect Adorer After the Blessed Virgin. The Most Perfect Adorer After the Blessed Virgin. This is the man who founded the congregation for the, of the Blessed Sacrament. And he says that the number one role model for us to look to is Mary, the best adorer of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the number two role model for us to look to is Saint Joseph. Praise be to God. Glory to Jesus indeed. Friends, I would like to share with you all very quickly, and this will be the closing of this session, or input part at least, a testimony of mine. You know, as a number of testimonies that I can share in regards to the Blessed Sacrament, the members in my ministry know this. There are too many testimonies. Um, 
of how I encountered the grace and mercy of God in the Blessed Sacrament, how I even encountered the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the adoration. So testimony is good for us to testify of our experiences because we want to proceed from Christ's story to the saint's story to our own story. The reason God raises canonized saints is so that we can look up to them and we can tap into the experience and ultimately have our own experience as well. So friends, testimony time. You know, when I was bedridden, my parents used to take me to Mass every week on the Saturday, uh, the sunset Masses every week. And when I was placed before the Blessed Sacrament, I felt something going on. There was an exchange going on between Jesus and me. And at that time, I did not know that there was Jesus. So friends, there's good news. Even if you do not feel that it's Jesus, even if you're not convinced that it's Jesus, even if you do not know that that is Jesus, just go there and sit down there. God can work in and through you. And you'll see in this story I'm sharing with you. After a month of going to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, you know, prior to this, uh, after a month of going to Mass and being present before the Blessed Sacrament, before every Mass, you know, prior to that, I was bedridden for almost two and a half years. But towards the end of this bedridden episode, my parents had to take me for Mass. And as I was placed before the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, as I said, I felt that something was going on. I felt so stirred in my heart. And every time I left church, there was a lightness. There was something that made me feel good and made me want to go back for Mass the following week. And this went on for a month, friends, until the day before the Lord worked a miracle in my life and ultimately healed me. God was already healing me in and through the Eucharist, in and through adoration, in and through the Holy Mass. And I did not even know it, friends. It's only in hindsight that I realized that every Saturday when I was going for Mass and spending 15 minutes before Mass in adoring the Blessed Sacrament, not even knowing that there was Jesus, Jesus was healing me from the inside out. Jesus was getting rid of the heaviness, the agitation, the unforgiveness, the pain and the anger, and also the physical ailment. And He was healing me from the inside out. And I got up and I walked a month after going for Mass every week. Friends, that is the power of the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. More recently as well, a lot of things have happened in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel in adoration. I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And friends, when I said earlier, spend five minutes and then increase the time that you're spending the Blessed Sacrament, I mean what I say. You know, I used to bring my... About a few years ago when I started to rediscover this love for the Eucharist and Eucharistic adoration, I started bringing my parents for adoration every other day or every week. And when I started bringing them for adoration, uh, they would probably have their focus in Eucharistic adoration for about 10 to 15 minutes at the first go. And over time, their attention span increased and they like to spend more time in the Blessed Sacrament. Eventually, I had to leave, uh, leave my hometown to go to my university. And when I came back for my first semester break, my parents were the ones who took me for adoration and I was amazed. Because they spent then, then, then one hour plus just gazing at Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And there I was like a cloud bringing this, the Bible, the Catechism, the Summa Theology, uh, theology books upon theology books and spiritual devotionals in a bag, thinking I'm going to read it in adoration. And my parents sat there and they looked at Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament for one hour straight, eye to eye, face to face, heart to heart with Jesus in the Eucharist. In adoration and they were so radiant with joy when they came out and i learned that day friends 
that we start always with adoration. We go to the adoration chapel. Let us just have this exchange of hearts with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. And this not only applies to my family members, but also some of my ministry members and friends. You know, at first they would get bored of their mind after five minutes in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. But over time, you know, after one and a half hours or two hours of them being in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, I'd be like, you know, we've got to get going. We have another appointment to go to. Just start spending a little time in the Blessed Sacrament and you will fall in love with Jesus, my friends. I guarantee you, you will sense a change in your life. You will see the change in your life. The people around you will say something has changed. And without a single speck of doubt, you will know that it is because you are spending time in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. So friends, this is the challenge I pose to all of you. Go for adoration weekly. Okay, go for adoration weekly. Start with five minutes. Then progressively increase it to 10 minutes of, in the subsequent week. 20, 30, one hour. Spend as much time as you can in adoration, friends. Let Jesus fall in love with you and you fall in love with Jesus all over again. Secondly, look for a heavenly friend in adoration. Friends, I, I'm convinced of this. Actually, let a heavenly friend pick you in adoration. <laughs> I'm convinced of this. We do not choose our patron saints, but our patron saints choose us. And you will get what I mean when you start doing this. Go to adoration and ask Jesus, Lord, show me a saint that I can look up to. A heavenly saint, a canonized saint that I can look up to. My favorite saint is Catherine of Siena. I have some of my ministry members in this call and their favorite saints are like St. Augustine, St. Francis Xavier, St. Francis of Assisi. So who is your favorite saint? Look for a heavenly friend in adoration and let them find you as well. So go for adoration weekly. Consciously ask Jesus, show me a heavenly saint I can look up to. Thirdly, friends, it is the year of St. Joseph dedicated to St. Joseph. Do a consecration to St. Joseph. There's the 33 days consecration to St. Joseph by Father Donald Calloway. There's also the... A month of St. Joseph, as uh, St. Peter Julian Amat has written a book. And St. Jose Maria even has a devotion to St. Joseph that lasts about 31 days. So just search up a consecration or devotion to St. Joseph that ends with a consecration and do a consecration to St. Joseph. And finally, find a title of St. Joseph that you relate with very much. The title of St. Joseph that I relate with very much, uh, the reason we are speaking a lot about St. Joseph is because it's the year dedicated to St. Joseph. And two days from now, we celebrate the great feast day of this saint. Now, the title of St. Joseph that I relate with the most is St. Joseph, the Terror of Demons. St. Joseph, the Terror of Demons. Uh, it's, just a so, it's just a very cool title that I relate with and... Uh, you know, the reality is that we are living in a spiritual warfare and battle. So that's the title that stands out to me. You know, for uh, for my girlfriend, it's probably St. Joseph the Sleeper or the Dreamer. You know, <laughs> and for some of you who like sleeping and uh, who like spending your time taking naps, you probably like St. Joseph the Dreamer. Or if you're looking for a father figure, St. Joseph the Spiritual Father. If, if you're a laborer, if you're a carpenter, St. Joseph the Carpenter. You know, look for a title of St. Joseph that relates with you and turn to St. Joseph by invoking him with these very titles. So I have four challenges for you. I would like to hear your testimonies on how you lift up these challenges between today and the next session on this Moorfield platform, which will be a month from today on the third Wednesday of April. So friends, uh, before we end, I, will, I just have a few announcements to make. Here we have City on a Hill Designs. Please 
scan the QR code to access the website, or you can just simply Google City on a Hill Designs, and you will come to an online shop that has a ton of cool stickers, a ton of cool Catholic merchandise for you to purchase. And guess what? There's a site-wide promotion going on right now, 10% off because Amanda from City on the Hill has just relaunched her website. So friends, please go and support Google City on the Hill Designs or scan this QR code if you are on Facebook or Zoom right now. And uh, please go and support. She's the one who designed this illustration of St. Peter Julian Amart. So friends, the next, uh, the next announcement I have is this. I have another two announcements for you. By the way, uh, Oli, uh, please just stand by the picture. Right after I'm done sharing this, we shall share that poster. Okay, so please contact the seats as well. Uh, okay, I, you know, I said earlier, finally, it, this is the final announcement, but now we have the final, finally announcement. So you can contact the seats, the ministry I belong to, uh, Ministry of Young People, Young Men and Women on you can do the at seats ministry on Facebook, at seats ministry on Instagram, search the seats on YouTube or grounded seats podcasts on Spotify. So, so yeah, let's let's turn to Saint Peter Julian Emmett as a friend, as a heavenly friend. Saint Joseph, run to adoration, friends. You will see a change in your life. You will fall in love with Jesus in the sacrament, and you will see miracles start to happen in your life. And I'm not exaggerating because I myself am a testimony to that. When I spent time in adoration, my parents dragged me there literally in the wheelchair. I ultimately saw a miracle in my life and I started walking again after an almost three-year episode of being bedridden. So let's run to adoration. Run to adoration with St. Peter Julian Amart on your left and with St. Joseph on your right, with Jesus in your heart. Run to adoration. I think we can conclude this session here right now with a prayer and... Um, we have really made all the announcements, I hope. Okay, so let's close with a prayer. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just praise you and thank you, Lord, for canonizing saints, Lord, for raising saints in the Catholic Church, Lord, for us to look up to, Lord, for us, Lord God, to seek, Lord, to imitate, Lord. As St. Paul says, Lord, St. Paul says, my friends, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we imitate the saints as they imitate Christ. The saints point us to Jesus. Lord Jesus, you are the lover of our souls. Help us to tap into this love more consistently daily. Saint Joseph, pray for us as your feast day comes is coming soon and this is whole year dedicated to you, Saint Joseph. Draw us closer to yourself. Take us under your wing just as you took Jesus and Mary under your wing. Mother Mary, pray and intercede for us. Cover and protect us with your mantle. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst all women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us in this now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In all that we do, we give glory to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. <laughs>